0: This is the Get a Game Plan podcast hosted by the Louisiana Governor's Office of Homeland Security and Emergency Preparedness, GOSEP. I'm Mike Steele, the Communications Director for RGOSEP. Thank you for joining us. First of all, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to those of you who take the time to join us for our podcast. We hope you, your families, and your businesses have a wonderful and safe holiday season and a great start to the new year. 2023 was definitely an unusual year here in louisiana and the gulf coast region go director casey tingle will help us look back at some of the events we faced in 2023 and recap other issues during the past eight years under governor john bell edwards Before we start with our interview, we often like to share a bit of safety or preparedness information. Fireworks are often a part of our holiday traditions, but using fireworks in a safe way is extremely important. Our friends at the Louisiana State Fire Marshal's office are already sharing a lot of great tips. One involves public fireworks displays. A safe way to enjoy fireworks is attending one of the many public shows around the state. You can find other information on firework sales and safety on the Louisiana Office of State Fire Marshal's Facebook page or on the office Twitter or X account at LA Fire Marshal. Take a look at the information before you visit one of the 300-plus certified vendors across the state. Now on to our interview. Joining us by phone is Director Casey Tingle from the Louisiana Governor's Office of Homeland Security and Emergency Preparedness. Thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you, Mike. Happy to be here.
0: So we benefited from a slow hurricane season in 2023, even though the actual amount of activity was close to projections, but we faced other events this year that weren't so normal for this region. From an emergency management perspective, what stands out the most from 2023?
1: Certainly As you look back on 2023, uh, one of the things that's clear is that the significant uh, weather pattern that we had for the majority of, uh, you know, late summer, early fall in terms of high pressure, low humidity, and just extreme heat uh, caused a number of issues, Uh, caused issues in terms of, you know, parishes having to open cooling centers during the day so that families could uh, you know, have access to air conditioning and things like that. Um, but certainly as we got into late August and early September, uh, um, a significant fire pattern uh, for wildfires uh, happened in our state. And that's something that we really hadn't seen going back to at least 2000 or even uh, years before that. And so for the first time in 20 to 25 years, we saw Uh, significant wildfire threat in our state that we just don't normally see. And so that created some unique challenges. Uh, A low Mississippi River uh, created a saltwater intrusion threat for drinking water uh, intakes in the lower Mississippi, so lower Plaquemines, dealt with this problem from mid-June. And so we saw some of those issues. And so on the one hand, you saw threats that we don't normally see. Now, on the other hand, I think what we saw when we look back to 2023 is that the systems and the focus on preparedness, particularly the preparedness that we do at a state level, working with our federal and local partners, that that system of partnership um, works in a fire event just like it works in a hurricane event. And so I think we were all reminded of the importance of preparedness, the importance of having those uh, well-practiced, and well-rehearsed partnerships uh, to be able to deal with these kinds of threats, just like it would be in a hurricane.
0: You're kind of picking apart some of these events that that you spoke about, uh, with the Saltwater River intrusion up the Mississippi River, it got a lot more attention as the uh, potential issues started to develop around the New Orleans area. But this fight went on for months, and it wasn't even a, a, like we had this Same type fight last year, correct?
1: Yeah, so I think when you look at that saltwater intrusion threat, there are really two components of that. One is uh, Lower Plaquemines Parish because of the elevation of the river, because of the location of the water intake system there in Boothville. Um, That is a very uh, high threat um, area for this particular problem just because of location. And so we saw it last year. We saw it this year. I think everybody is, you know, sort of planning as if that's a problem that's going to happen, if not on an annual basis, on a pretty regular basis. And then you basically had the sort of potential for a catastrophic challenge when you got to water intake systems for the large population areas in Orleans and Jefferson Parish, which is a completely different kind of problem, much less frequent, but much higher consequence in terms of the number of people Uh, potentially impacted in those water systems. And so I think we have to be prepared going forward to do both. One is to address the likely recurring problem in lower Plaquemines, um, because we've seen it in two years in a row, and the possibility of a significant problem, you know, upriver in terms of what potential answers exist for that too.
0: And then going back to the other, you know, big drought issue, we saw the unique situation this year where most of the aerial assets and some of the other resources used to fight wildfires were were operating here in Louisiana, while California was dealing with getting hit with a tropical system. So that's not something you see all the time.
1: Yeah, I think the weather pattern certainly created some unique circumstances. I mean, you saw um, California get hit by a hurricane. You saw significant flooding along the East Coast. Um, and Upper East Coast, some places that are unfortunately getting flooded again right now. Um, So on both coasts, you saw quite a bit of uh, rain and even some tropical activity. And then across the central part of the country to include, you know, the Gulf Coast down here, you saw some very high temperatures, very high pressure, and just unrelenting heat week after week, and all the problems that that created to include uh, things like marsh fires that we that we've even seen, you know, here recently in the last few weeks, really caused by that just intense drying out of those uh, usually wet soils.
0: You know, we're we're kind of taking a look at 2023, but we're also at the end of of Governor John Bell Edwards' administration, and it's it's quite remarkable when you look back over the past eight years, the number of events. Uh, that he's faced and the state has faced during that time is just remarkable. And it was almost from day one uh, with the governor taking over, correct?
1: It was. So, you know, as I think back to late 2015, when he was in the midst of transition um, in early 2016, when he took office, um, the Red River uh, up in northwest Louisiana coming down to central Louisiana was in an extreme flood stage. And so he literally entered the state while we were in the midst of a disaster. And, um, you know, and then as we saw through uh, wildfires and saltwater up until the end of his term, still dealing with some of those things. And then in between, you had, you know, probably one of the most significant flood events that our state has seen in 2016 with both the March and August flooding. And then the back-to-back significant storms of 2020 and 2021, Hurricane Laura, uh, Hurricane Delta, Zeta, uh, and then certainly Hurricane Ida in 2021. On both sides of the state, in back-to-back years, some of the strongest storms our state has seen, and then impacts all the way to the state line, both with Arkansas and Mississippi, as those storms went through. And so, you know, for all the things that uh, Governor Edwards accomplished during his terms, Certainly one of those things as we look back is um, his ability to uh, help our state navigate these significant events, and not the least of which was most of that was happening uh, at the same time as a global pandemic. And so certainly his leadership uh, was critical uh, during those times uh, and just did a tremendous job of helping us navigate and uh, potentially saving lives and properties through the preparedness and response activities uh, to those threats.
0: You know, when you look back at some of these bigger events, a lot of times they cause, you know, you are you may consider them benchmarks for, for change. You know, obviously Katrina and some of the other uh, events in our, our nation's history, you know, we've seen those things. Do you see anything with these events that's kind of changed the way we're going to operate moving forward as far as planning and preparedness, uh, even steps with our local partners and those type things?
1: I certainly think there have been some examples. If you go back to the 2016 floods, for example, um, we as a state had been struggling to execute a large mitigation project, you know, for the Comey River Diversion Canal that had been on the books for decades, you know, going back to the 80s. Um, Unfortunately, it, it took the 2016 flood to get the amount of attention to it, But we now have that project well in construction um, and on its way to being accomplished. Uh, Another big project, you know, in the St. Charles and St. John Parish areas with new levees going up to help protect them from storm surge. And so we've got some infrastructure type projects that are certainly coming to bear and you see the difference that those are making. You saw the difference that the HISDR system, you know, in the greater New Orleans area built after Katrina, $14 $14 billion federal investment there. We saw the difference that that made for Hurricane Ida. So there certainly are some infrastructure things that are coming into play or are already in place that are helpful here. And then I think what we see from our uh, discussions with parishes and even the public itself is that in the midst of a lot of challenges with insurance and other things, um, you know, just the, the level of preparedness, the level of focus, uh, taking these threats seriously. We see you know just great work by our parish partners locally helping their communities be ready to face these events.
0: I think that's so you know understated in some ways because the public may not realize it. A lot of our local partners, you know, when other parts of the state are being impacted now, like the partnerships have grown so strong over the years that you see a lot of the local emergency managers deploy you know, to those regions of the state. And I think that's that's phenomenal. And that's something that you guys have have kind of encouraged along the way. So there's a lot to be thankful for, even when we we do face a crisis, that, you know, the right people are there to help sometimes.
1: Certainly. And I think we've seen that in event after event where, you know, uh, resources, expertise goes from one part of the state to help another part of the state. That continues to happen Um, We go to help other states in their moment of of trouble as well. And then certainly we lean on some of those partnerships as well when we need the help. Um, And I think for Hurricane Ida, we had well over 20 states coming to help us. We had a number of states come to help during the fires. And so those those partnerships are so critical. Um, But the good thing about Louisiana is we're starting at such a strong point because everybody that comes here comments on the fact of, of how well we work together in those moments. Certainly a lot of that leadership comes from the governor, but it also speaks to the work that Gosep and our parish partners do every day uh, to be ready uh, when you know, the time comes.
0: All great points. Thank you for your time. You know, uh, again, we talk about it often on this podcast. You know, preparedness starts with families and with businesses and with pet owners and everybody kind of at the at the local level. So check out getagameplan.org to help you kind of finalize your preparedness plans, keep those emergency supplies stocked for any type of crisis we may face. And Casey, thank you for your time.
1: Thank you. And thank you for all the people of Louisiana, the great work they do to be prepared to help themselves, to help their neighbors, uh, and all of our partners that play such a critical role. It's It's an honor to serve in this position.
0: You bet, thank you. Thank you for joining us for our Get a Game Plan podcast. Please encourage others to share this resource and subscribe. We also want to thank producer Troy Perez and the Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency, or LOPA, for use of their studio. Sign up to be an organ donor today. Find out more at DonateLifeLA.org. They also have a great podcast titled The Gifted Life Podcast. You can also find out more on most of the topics we talked about today by following GoSep on Facebook and X. Remember, get a game plan. On behalf of the staff at GoSep, thanks for joining us. This podcast is produced in partnership with Lopa and the Gifted Life Podcast. Find out more about organ, eye, and tissue donation by listening to the Gifted Life Podcast at thegiftedlife.org or download it from your favorite podcast app.